Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of Bitch Work Podcast. I am so excited to be here with Andrea Lopez. Hi, Andrea. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How are you doing? Doing as best we can in this time of quarantine and craziness. But yeah, I'm, I'm surviving. Good, good. Okay, so Andrea and I know each other from college. We were actually in the same sorority. I think you were just one year above me, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were in the same sorority in college, and Andrea has just been, like, absolutely killing it the past, I'd say, like, two years. I feel like things really blew up for you. Um, She was on the NBC what was it like a comedy competition show yes like think american idol but for all comedy yeah like chrissy Teigen was the host it was called bring the funny it was epic and like i just feel like ever since then your career has just like really skyrocketed and now you're just like this awesome media personality comedian extraordinaire and i'm really excited to learn about more of your career today and i think it's going to be really fun Okay, well, I'm very excited. Um, I listen to Bitch Work, and I'm very excited to be um, one of the guests on your show. And I'm so <laughs> proud of you for starting a podcast because, oh, you know, you. I am a huge podcast advocate. Yes. So, yes, I'm just so excited to be virtually here with you today. And also, we've been trying to get, like, I've been trying to get Andrea on the podcast for, I think, like, a year. Like, she was one of the first people I was, like, when I started Bitch Work, I, she was on my list of, like, okay, must have her on. And now um, we're in quarantine and we're doing this. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Me too. There's no better time to be doing any content than now. I mean, that's, that's how I feel. Totally. Okay, so going off on all of that and going off with the podcast, why don't you give us, um, you have a lot of jobs right now and you do a lot of different things. So why don't you give us um, kind of a a play-by-play, a walkthrough of what your current career looks like? As we were doing show prep, I was explaining that, yes, I have a lot of different jobs, but they all coincide under, I would say, like the media umbrella. So I currently pay my bills through podcasting. So I co-host a um, pop culture and comedy podcast with a much more seasoned media personality. She used to be on the big hit show back in my hometown, D.C., which is where I'm at now. And so we just co-host this podcast together. We have over, uh, you know, six figures of income from sponsorships. So you can actually make... Yes, like podcasting, it sounds crazy to make so much money, but... Joe Rogan, obviously, is the end-all be-all of podcasts, but we do pretty well, and that is, like, my main, I would say, source of income. The one job that I keep is my priority, and then I have much smaller jobs that all help, and I can put them on my resume, so I'm a commentator for BuzzFeed, and we just do, actually, it's a daily show, but I'm on once a week for two different um, Facebook Watch on their Facebook Watch channel. Those are fun, and I also just recently signed up for... It's a Snapchat channel. I can't announce it until nice. it comes out. But yeah, so I, and I know Food Network, they do a lot. You work for the Snapchat channel, right? Yes, I am like fully invested in Snapchat yeah. every day of my life. I say <laughs> that word like seven times a day. So I'm Snapchat. Some people say, you know, maybe it's out of style. I think it lives forever. I do too. Now that I've been going back and watching all of the, I still keep up with like all of the E news and all. It's Same, like, the rundown. The rundown is so great. Erin so Lim, good. love her. If you guys don't love know, well, go watch E news the rundown on Snap. So when I interned at E, yes, Aaron, my desk used to have like this drawer. Like some intern, like years ago, must have started like a candy snack drawer at the right. intern desk. So the intern desk had all these like snacks and candies and whatever. And like every day, Erin Lynn would come over and be like, "Jordan, do you have flaming hot Cheetos?" And I was like, "No, we have Kit Kats." And she was like, "Ugh." <laughs> I just need flame. Like, she's obsessed with Flaming Hot Cheetos. And respect. If I ever meet her in person, I'm going to be like, oh, my God. Um, I'll just, I'll keep them in my bag in case I am. 
she would be like, you're my best friend. You're my best friend ever. Like, she's obsessed with Flaming Hot Cheetos. She, you'd be in. You'd be working at E! News after that. She'd be like, we must hire this girl. Literally, like, I am obsessed with her. Like, like she's, like, one of my people that I look up to. Um, so I'm working for, well, I guess I could say it's it's Wishbone Snapchat channel. So they're, like, a media company that does, like, kind of, yes. like, rundowns. So I'll be doing a couple snippets of that. And then on the side, I just do a bunch of random. I have an agent from Bring the Funny, which we'll get into, but she helps me get appearances on E News. I just did nice. Pop of the Morning in New York, so I that's saw like that. that was awesome. And it was it doesn't happen. It's like once every blue moon, I'll get booked for like a really big show. But those are obviously they go into my income, and that's part of what I do. So um, and then I handle my own social media accounts just solely. Like I make impression videos and celebrity right. impressions, and I work on sketches and. That, I think, in a nutshell, is all the things I work on. Perfect. Also, I just <laughs> want to say that your impressions, like, ever since college, have truly given me so many laughs and just really bring so much joy to my life. Not besides the Kourtney Kardashian impression, which you guys will hear, which is, like, I feel your signature. I am right. so obsessed with Chad. Like, Chad <laughs> is one of my favorite things ever. She does this character named Chad. He's just, like, a fratty douchebag. Yeah. And I love him. I think you were the first person to reach out because I thought Chad was so stupid, but we went to Syracuse, which is just full of Chads. Yes. So when I started Chad, it was just so like, oh, I was surrounded by them. And then I think you were the first person to reach out and be like, hey, you need to keep this character up. It's a great character. And you like kept me going. So he's, oh my God, really? Yes. I still keep Chad around. I like, I base off my characters off of like how popular they get with people and like interaction and your message meant so much to me. So I was like, all right, I'm keeping Chad. I love that so much. I love Chad. I think he's so funny. Like, um, the you did one for Valentine's Day, I think. Oh, he was yes, like, it's yes. for the books. Like, for the <laughs> fucking books. Like, I was just dying. Like, I think he's so funny. Okay, yeah. anyways. We'll have Andrea do some of her impressions later. But before we yeah. get into that, um, I want to know, like, what a day in your life looks like. Like, you have a lot of responsibilities, obviously. Like, what is, like, what happens when you wake up to when you go to bed on a work day? When we're not in quarantine. When we're not in quarantine, right, which has now actually been better than ever because we can do all of our editing stuff virtually. So we have actually been doing well for ourselves in quarantine. But on a regular day outside, um, usually we do the podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So wait, plug the podcast. I don't think you said I don't even think you said what it was called. It's called Hey Frage. So her last name is Frazier. So it's F-R-A-S-E and just Hey Frage together. And when she started it four years ago, it was mostly like her kind of story and then as it's morphed into me being the co-host the name kind of is like what does that mean but that's where it comes from so got it she is the host and so i would wake up mondays i would i'll explain like a podcast day uh we usually would go to we built an in-home studio at her place we used to record at an actual studio but we just decided we can save money this way we built a studio in her home so we do show prep 8 30 to 9 30 9 30 we record the podcast uh we've shortened our podcast because we gave an extra episode and we're doing patreon episodes which is a okay, subscription nice. so now we're like okay we're giving our listeners more content so we can shorten each episode yeah so we would record for 30 minutes, and then I usually, while she is doing a write-up for the show, I'll be editing it right there. It takes, like, really quick, just, you know, levels and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Upload the podcast, and then we'll do show prep for the next show, which is, will be on on Wednesday. And sometimes we record, we'll double record shows. Mm-hmm. And then by afternoon, I usually will cut a social clip for Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And then um, I go home and I write stuff. Usually I'm... Um, auditioning for a lot of different 
random sketch shows. I okay, had cool. auditioned for Eliza Schlesinger, like her sketch writing, like Netflix shows. Yes, so, I literally just saw that show on Netflix last oh, night, how she has a sketch show coming. No, yes. it came out, I think, like yesterday or last night or something. It came out, exactly. And the funny thing about the entertainment business, actually, it's not funny, it's very sad, is that you <laughs> you don't know that you did not book a role until the actual show comes out and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Guess um, guess I didn't get that guess one. Guess I didn't get that one. Yeah, like <laughs> your agent. You know, there. <laughs> it's, oh, okay, like, Cool. And, you know, you'll really like do everything for that particular role, even if it's not an audition, you'll just send in stuff for it. And uh, yeah, you find out through the show actually airing and you're like, cool. Sick. Yeah. So I usually spend my afternoons um, auditioning for other things. I do a lot of voiceover auditions. So there's a lot of new if you guys think of Rick and Morty, you know, Big Mouth. Those are all really awesome shows that I would love to be featured on. So I send in audition tapes after audition tapes. So my afternoons are basically all dedicated to auditions and nice. impression work and making Instagram funny videos. Love that. Love that. Typical okay, day. and then I want to learn a little bit more about BuzzFeed. So what exactly do you do there as a commentator? So BuzzFeed, we go in one day a week and it's in obviously their New York office. So we go in for like literally one hour and you record for you do voiceover work and then they have three or four top stories. And as a comedian, you would just give your commentary on it. Got it. Got so it. Okay, there's cool. a producer there and then they record you and they edit everything in-house. Nice. So I can just walk in, walk out, which is awesome. Amazing. So, and that so are show, the stories normally like pop culture stories? Big pop culture stories. Okay, um, the one we just did was some woman got viral for doing like a double carb sandwich with bread and ramen. And they're like, would you eat this? And I was like, hell to the no. <laughs> that was one of the stories. And um, just crazy stuff. Like the Olympics are now getting postponed. That's yes. never like that's in history it never happened you know stories like that are it, people want to hear about and then they release an episode every day so that one is called did you see this it's on their facebook watch channel and then i've been guest starring in another one called that literally happened which is like a throwback show to the 90s and 80s oh fun yeah so that came about through just being on one of the shows and then the one of the producers was like hey we have an open spot and i was like yes. sign me up Always take opportunities, you guys. Like, if there is an opportunity and you're like, I'm unsure, just do it. If it, it, it really does help you. 100%. Okay, yeah. well, your life sounds honestly, like, really fun and exciting. <laughs> and I wish I was doing stuff like that instead of, like, sitting in an office every day. But it's wow. it, it sounds really fun. It sounds like you're, like, just absolutely killing it. Thank you. And I will say your job looks incredibly fun as well. Like, oh, as long you. as you're working at, like, a big some type of anything that's in the media, whether you're just being creative and if you want to be creative, like as long as you get to do that every day, that's what I'm thankful for. But totally. Yeah. I will say that there's been months that I've literally lived paycheck to paycheck. I have a very, very small apartment in New in Brooklyn. And I just got that recently after bring the funny. So like my, my life is not all glitz and glamour. The fun right. stuff that I get to do is very fun, but also guys like remember that it ain't all fashion glitz like there's a lot no. of downsides to being in the industry too and uh, for sure but so, so yes going off on that let's start yeah. off in the beginning how you got to all tell you got to this how you you know worked up to this place that you're in right now so obviously you went to Syracuse what did you Ooh. study when you were there I studied television radio and film and same yes what are the literally I say my favorite like thing in Syracuse was new house Yes. And I wanted to go to uh, Syracuse for New House and I also the sports and also it's just like the fucking best so fun. And, like sports like drinking. It's it's a whole college feel everything. Yes. So I did not get into New House the first like first way in. So I had to transfer in, which is 
a great opportunity. Like if you want to go to Syracuse, but you didn't get in, like obviously Newhouse is very competitive. So there is also like a saving grace option where you can get good grades freshman year, take easy classes and then transfer in. So that's exactly what I did. I started um, in CRS when I went to Syracuse. I think I did too. (laughs) And my mom was like, if you don't get into Newhouse by next year, like you're not going back to Syracuse. So you better get in. And I was like, okay, yes, ma'am. I will get in. I got a 4.0 my freshman year. Truly got like 3.4 the rest of my time at Syracuse. But I was like freshman year. I have to get into Newhouse. Like I must. Literally play by play. Same thing happened with me and my family. Yes. And a lot of people actually told me and like, People, when I tell people that story, like you didn't go to Syracuse, like family members or whatever, they're like, that's actually more impressive than getting in right off the bat. Like you, you wanted something and you worked for it. Like good for you. So I think that's something to be very proud of. Yes. I always tell people like, Hey, cause I, did you ever, I don't know. I used to talk to like the freshmen that were like, Oh, I didn't get accepted. I was like, just, it's okay. Like you can still do it. And that's so true. It is actually pretty impressive now that I'm looking back. Like we got a 4.0 freshman year. When you should be like out partying, like, like going crazy like I remember yeah. there were so many nights when I stayed in to study and I was like I just I have to get into Newhouse yep same um I also think that a lot of freshmen in college going off on this like for kind of forget that not all of the decisions that they make are set in stone so like, true. you can go somewhere freshman year and if you if you're blessed enough and lucky enough to have the opportunity to switch schools or like you are flexible in that way like you're not stuck in any situation that you decide like it's okay to change your mind and it's okay to work towards something else. I just think that's an important thing to put out there. I completely agree. And even if you have an internship or a first job that's not in the career path that you want, you can totally pivot. And all you have to do is just get one person to let you get some type of experience or a small job. Take that and that can totally change your path. Totally. Okay. So when you were in Syracuse and you were a TRF major, like what was your goal? Like, what did you think that you wanted to be? I always thought I wanted to do television hosting or radio. So I love the idea of being in front of a microphone, whatever that looked like. So I saw television and radio in that major. And I was like, this is what I want to do, right? This is it. I don't want to be behind the camera. I want to be in front of it. And I realized that I'll have to be behind the camera for a while to get the experience and then I'll be in front of it. But my goal really was to just graduate and get a job in radio, probably that would lead to television. I looked to Ryan Seacrest and Wendy Williams. Those are my two people that I always looked up to. And I also Juliana Rancic. Yes. But she also went into like TV kind of first, but Ryan Seacrest really did radio and then TV. So that was my goal. And also Ryan Seacrest, like he's an all-encompassing like media person. Like he's a producer. He makes yes. TV shows. Like he he's one of my I guess people I look up to as well. Yeah. Um, because he does he really does it all. He like has his hand in every single field when it comes to media and entertainment, and that's just super impressive. So I totally agree Same. with that. Same. Like I, I love him so much. Same with Andy Cohen. Oh oh yes, of course, of course. Also, thank God he got over the COVID. I was when I saw that I was like. Andy Co, like what? Also, like, just thank God that he got to be re- reunited with sweet little Benjamin. Like, I, I, the picture. Oh my God, when they're together. Yes. Oh my God, that was my so favorite. So cute. Like, and then yeah. now he's doing Watch from Happen, Watch from Happen lives from home. From like, I'm very, home. I'm very into it. I'm into all of it. Oh, same. I'm loving everybody um, seeing everybody's like home setups. That's I love it. 
It's cool. I was actually watching yeah. TV with my mom today. We were watching Food Network because she Love loves it. it. And <laughs> The Kitchen, one of our shows, did like a quarantine edition where like all the hosts were like at their house. They had their families like film them cooking on their iPhones and then producers like put it together or whatever. And they yes. put it on the air. And my mom was like, I know that this situation sucks, but like this is so cool. But like, I'm we? loving it. Yes. She's like, when are we ever going to get to experience like watching TV like this and like seeing yeah. these people in their in their homes and in their own environment like it's very cool and I was like like, it sucks more than it's cool but sure but like yes I completely agree yeah like seeing newscasters do like Al Roker did the weather from his kitchen I was like this is history we're seeing Al Roker's kitchen like this would never happen yeah it's been so cool I mean it is cool I think it's a very cool time for like entertainment media I think definitely it's definitely an interesting time and it's also cool to see how um how flexible we all are to getting the content out there. I think it's really cool. For sure. I am. And I'm enjoying kind of like the free time. Just, I mean, God bless like everybody in the medical industry. And, you know, I want to say all of that, of course. Totally. But for us, we do have a lot of time just being at home and we can just like set up our own little cameras. And it it is a crazy time for entertainment. Yeah. Personally, I think. Okay. So going back to Newhouse. Right. um, When you were in college, like, did you have any internship experience or what were you doing during college um, to kind of get your foot in the door? I was thinking back to this and I don't really think I had a really exciting internship in the summer ever, but I did work all throughout college. I worked at Newhouse Cage, which was essentially the equipment library. So it had cameras, it had mics, and I got that from actually Bryn, who was also in our sorority. So Mm -hmm. she helped me get that job. And that kind of also helped me know people in Newhouse when I did apply. Oh, that's amazing. So I was just trying to be as proactive as possible. I was like, even if I'm not in Newhouse, I worked in Newhouse. So I met the people and I just tried to get my ass in there. So um, that really helped me get comfortable with the equipment and knowing what I would need if I ever, you know, wanted to go into this industry, which I did. So that was kind of, I think, my most helpful job that I had. And then I know I reached out to, I had a lot of mentors, as I called them, like people that I looked up to in my community back in D.C., Um, like newscasters. I kind of would just like throw out emails and just be like, hey, you know, I'm a student at Syracuse. I would love to get a couple questions. And I got some answers back, but it was never it never led to an internship, which it should have. But um, but definitely that's a good start is just emailing people and asking them to be your mentor because they're like, first off, oh, my God, you want me to be your mentor? Of course. Like, oh, you told me? Of course I'll be your mentor. Like, of course. So just email everyone. But yeah, I really don't think I had a super impressive um, internship throughout college. I think it was after college that I started really getting into the jobs I wanted. Great. Which also shows you guys that like, it's totally fine if you don't have an internship. Like depending on what field you want to go into, what you want to do and how passionate you are about it. Like there are other ways to prove to employers and to people, to mentors, whoever, that you are capable and willing and ready to do a job besides just internships. I think that's something to keep in mind because I think a lot of kids in college get like really weighed down by the fact like other people are working at NBC and yes um you know like all these other crazy places BuzzFeed like internships at these big buzz name companies and like they're like I'm just working at my local news station or like I'm not doing anything and sometimes the internship isn't really what matters right and it for sure like I am so impressive if people like you had an amazing internship like if you can get a great internship, that's for sure amazing. I just, I don't know if I like saw, I, I really was like blind by the whole fact of like, you can get an internship and it can lead to a job. Like, I think I was just thinking like, oh, 
whatever, I'll get a job at like a clothing store. It'll be great. And then I'll worry about it after college. But for sure, you can definitely don't worry, you can get a job without having an internship for sure. Yes, definitely. I think that's something that a lot of people get caught up in when yeah. it's totally, like, I know for me, like, I definitely got caught up in that. I was like, I need to have an internship. I must right. have an internship. But looking back, I could have spent my summers making YouTube videos. I could have spent my summers doing <laughs> random things that also could have led me to where I am now. Right. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I had a very small internship. I think my jun- junior year before senior year, I worked at a very cool radio station that was at the beach that I was living at and it happened like the second um it was literally the smallest job I can put on my resume but it was um it's I don't know if you guys know secrets it's in Maryland it's like the largest club in the summertime yes 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 so they actually have a radio station there and I was living in Ocean City for the summer and one of my friends was like oh yeah I know one of the DJs there so let me just say this internship was like totally hillbilly like (laughs) not real but I could put it on my resume and So just like if you have a connection or something, just try to go for it. And at least you can put it on your resume. Yeah, love that. Okay, so then after college, how did things start getting started for you? So after college, I moved back to D.C. And again, keeping with connections, I emailed a bunch of places. I did not have a job right out of college. So, you know, like a lot of kids do have that. And it's amazing if you can get that. So impressive. But I don't think I was being enough proactive. I was emailing people, but I wasn't keeping up with the emails. I wasn't like, Hey, never heard back from you. So my one friend who I went to go live with, we both got a job at this radio station up in upstate New York, Corning. It was Corning, New York, Corning, New York. If you guys know, uh, they're known for making glassware and that is about it. They're a glass blowing community. up I love that. (laughs) It is so random, um, but it's a very nice small town. And she got a job as a radio host at the country station. And then I got a job as like a morning. It was like a co-host for the, one of the morning shows, a very small station, of course. And which is probably what a lot of people, when you're in news and you're whatever you get, it's going to be a very small town probably. And then they'll send you to a bigger market. Exactly. Like just a quick, quick. Yeah. Oh my God. No. Yeah. Cutting you off for a second. I really thought I wanted to be a reporter. Like I was like, I want to be a reporter. Like I'm going to be on yes. the news. Well, cause I wanted to be yeah. Juliana Rancic. And I was like, yes. I would read like everything Juliana Rancic did and like how yes. she started. And they all started as reporters. And then they moved into yep. entertainment news. And it was then that I decided, no, I don't want to be in entertainment <laughs> news that much because if they sent me to like bumblefuck Kentucky, right. right. To like report on like Literally the snowstorm. <laughs> Yeah, that's just not happening for me like that. That was just a sacrifice I was not willing to make. And that happens all the time. Yeah. So you were honestly like pretty smart to know that like they that would happen. And for you to have that foresight is great because truly you were sent to bumblefuck and uh, you were forced to live out there. And I was just like, you know what? If I meant to be an entertainment reporter, it'll work its way. It'll work out along the way as I start my career as a producer so I can live in New York. Yes, exactly. And let me remind you, as long as you're in the industry, you can literally get your foot in the door. You can meet people at like different food network things, like whatever it is, you'll just make connections like through that. And I think I took this job because I was, I think it was like four months out of college and I was just scrambling. I was like, oh shit, I'm not doing anything. I must find a job. Like this is really bad. And so I just like picked that job out of nowhere. And then, well, it was through a connection. My friend, Rachel, she got the job. And then she was like, they're looking for someone else. Send your resume in, sent it in. Of course, it's a very small station. So they're like, oh my God, two Syracuse girls. Like, yes, they hit the jackpot. So 
So I, I did that job and they actually had, it was like I said, small town, right? So they had no reporter for their sister news station at the time and they had a murder trial. This was four months into the job and they're like, hey, we have this opportunity for you to be a reporter for a murder trial. I was like, um, I I don't know anything about law. I've literally, I, I, again, I was not a broadcast journalism major, so I didn't know like right. what, a, what a stand-up news looked like. I, But I have always kind of been an impressionist and like an actress kind of, so I was like, I'm going to take this job. Like, here's an opportunity. We can pretend to be a reporter for sure. For sure. I'm just going to hold it up. Of course, when I got there, they were like a prosecutor. They were talking about like the jury stand trial. And I knew none of the vocab words. I was it literally after the day was over, I would be like looking at my phone, looking up these words. Like reads 12 angry men. <laughs> <laughs> like I was pulling law terms out of my ass. I was like, Legally blonde. Yes. I was like, I object. And I would just <laughs> stand in front of the courthouse. And that was my first job. I, I have videos of the stand up that I would do, which is just like me standing in front of the courthouse being like, whatever. But that is what happens when you're just kind of thrown into the industry and you just take any opportunity. And I will not stop saying that because it's so true. So from that whole experience, I got the radio job and then I morphed into news a little bit and I realized it's so dismal. Like we literally talked about death and like nothing. So I was like, I I think I don't really want to do news. I want to stay in radio. So it's so dark. It really is. so dark. And they also have this ability to go from like, oh my God, 12 died in a car crash. And now we're going to talk about a a cow that gave birth. Like they talk, it goes from like bad to good and they just have to like pretend they're not bothered. And especially in like small towns, at least for me, I interned at a news station. Um, my first internship ever was at a yes. news station in Philly. And they would do stories like that. And they would be like, oh, this morning, like a bus full of students crashed on the highway. Yeah. And here are Philly's 12 best cheesesteaks. And I'm like, how can we go from that to that? Nobody like, cares. Literally, that's exactly how I felt. So I was like, I, I can't do news. So I... After that job, I came back to D.C. and I emailed a local media personality. Her name was Sarah Frazier. I had listened to her on the radio in high school and I researched what she was doing then. She was actually in the area and she had at the time started her own podcast. So I actually came back from Corning with no job because my parents were like, please come home. We want you to save money and you're not doing anything in Corning, are you? And I was like, actually... Actually, I am reporting a murder trial. So Actually, I'm a lawyer now, okay? <laughs> I am literally <laughs> legally blonde. Do you not see me? And But they were like, no, just come home. There's way more opportunities here. So that is why I ended up back in D.C. So I reached out to Sarah Frazier. Her email was online. I sent my resume. I said, hey, like, how about I work for free and I just intern? So she agreed and she was very sweet at the time that's incredible good for you that's awesome just if you find someone's email and you remember them just reach out what's what's the worst thing that can happen right i also think that's a really good tip like reaching out to people who are in your community like if i just emailed ryan seacrest like obviously nothing's gonna happen if i just emailed aaron lim like she'll be like who is this (laughs) but if i emailed someone who's in my community community someone who i you know, might just have a less people reaching out to them than Ryan Seacrest. Like, that's a great way to get started. Exactly. So, and at the time, she had, like, literally started her own podcast off the ground, and this was four years ago. So podcasting was not the as big as it is now, but it definitely had started to get its foot in. Yes. So I said, hey, I'll work for free. So, of course, I was making absolutely no money. This was, I think, a year out of college. 
but I was living at home, so I didn't have many expenses. Thank God my parents let me live at home. And I also used my news experience, the little short, like, two-month stint that I did right. to get a production assistant job at my also local news station in D.C. Nice. Okay, cool. So that was the income I had. I was working 3.45 a.m. to 10 a.m. doing teleprompter. So that's Got how I was it. making money. And then I was interning for the podcast after the news job. So that led into I now co-host the podcast. And um, I then had was like, I can't do the news anymore. It's 345 in the morning. I'm not loving life. And as I started co-hosting the podcast, you started paying me. So I no longer had to supplement my income Got through it. the news. Nice. Wait, so, just a quick question. Yeah. How did you like move from intern to co-host? Like, was it just you guys clicked and you were like, this would be so fun? Or did yeah. you like slip the idea and like I could you know co-host this great question because yeah a lot of times I'll listen to a podcast I'll be like wait a minute wait a minute you just went from intern to co-host like (laughs) there was actually a a process and let me tell you when I was an intern I was getting water I was getting dry cleaning I was uh doing her hair doing her makeup before live shows like I was just using every single skill that I had for the host. And she had a co-host at the time who now we're all best friends and he has his own radio show. But at the time I was interning for like a year and a half, literally doing whatever they needed and just make yourself as readily available as possible when you're at an intern, like learn everything you can. So behind the scenes, I would try to learn audio and sometimes she would give me a clip to edit and I would try to impress her by being like, okay, I'm going to teach myself how to edit this clip and hopefully that'll impress her. So, right. And actually, eventually the co-host was like, you know what? I think I'm going to move on to something else. And she was like, oh my God, well, he's not here today. Can you just come on the microphone? Amazing. And I, and I had told her like, I want to be on the mic eventually, but I'm using this internship as a jumping point. So she always knew I wanted to be right. on you the mic. You were very open about that, which is, exactly. I think, very, very important. Like when I started working at Food Network and I got my yeah. new boss, who's my boss now, mm-hmm. she was like, what do you want from this? And I was like, I want to be on camera. Like, I think yes. that I can produce and host my own shows. And then because she knew that from then on, she always knows that. So if there's ever an opportunity, like I could be considered for it because I was just open and honest with her about what I wanted. Exactly. That's the, honestly one of the biggest lessons, too, is, yeah, let them know what you want starting off. Otherwise, they'll have no idea. They can't, they're they not mind readers. So Mm-mm. you've got to tell them what you want. And so she always knew that about me. But I also was never pushy. Like, I would always be totally fine doing the intern work. But if there was an opportunity like you, she would give it to me and she would put me on the mic as this one day happened. And so slowly he started phasing out of the podcast and she started putting me on more. And we started getting like a good relationship groove going. And now I guess two and a half years later, I've been co-hosting, fully co-hosting for a year and a half. And I also was doing editing behind the scenes. I was doing pretty much anything she needed plus co-hosting. So it, it really was like a process, yeah. but if you just make yourself available, they're going to give you more jobs, especially right. small, small companies like that too. Like they're just going to give you responsibilities as they see necessary and totally. you just take all of them. So that's how that progression went. And then she was really the one to kind of influence me to work on my passion, which was this whole time impressions. Right. So I have been doing impressions since I was like literally like six years old. I would pick up a microphone and do like newscaster or just whatever it was. And I it wasn't until her that I realized like, why am I not taking time to work on the real craft that I want to do? So 
uh, on the side of the podcast, I would make these little short videos on Instagram and I would use hashtags and I didn't really think anyone was watching. And it was actually another girl from Syracuse, Emily Lord. She was like, mm. you need to make an impressions page on Instagram just yes. solely for that. Cause I was like, Emily, like, are people even watching? She was like, I would be, I would watch that Instagram. Yes. And, and I was also like, I feel like that was just at the time when like impressions and com- and com- I can't speak. And comedians on Instagram were, like, really starting to become a thing. Like, now everyone follows comedians on Instagram. And, like, what's that? What's that guy's name? Benny. What's his name? His name's, like, Benny something. Oh, Benny Drama. Yes, yes. Love him. Loving him. him. Like, there's just so many, like, skits and things that people are producing themselves on Instagram now. It's, like, the perfect platform to start that. So true. And I didn't realize anything was going to happen like that, but it just so happened that it kind of was like the perfect time. So through my videos, I got scouted. So while I'm doing all of that, like with the podcast and I'm just doing my impressions and just living life and being like, all right, well, soon I got to, you know, make a career move. And, you know, I've really got to like follow my passion of impressions. And I randomly get this DM from a agent that was like, hey, I am a new agent from LA. I saw your impression of Courtney and Sofia Vergara on Instagram. And first off, I thought this was like straight up a rapist. I was like, um, <laughs> you want me to fly out to LA? Like, bitch, no. Absolutely not. That is sketchy. That's like 101, what not to do. And But he was like, no, like search NBC, bring the funny. It's a new show We're we're scouting people. And I was like, oh shit. So I looked up the website. I looked up, it was like legit. And they think this literally happened I, I just got a notification like time hop was like a year ago. You sent in your application for wow. bring the funny. So this was about a year ago. They DM'd me. I applied. I was sent in all my impressions. I really was like not thinking. I mean, I thought it was more for stand up comedians and <sighs> like sketch groups. But three days or four days later, I get a call and she's like, hi, I'm from NBC. Bring the funny. I'm one of the producers. And we would like to offer you after actually it was like a 20 minute long conversation about my comedy history. And at the end of the conversation, she goes, yeah, so we're just wondering if you would like to come out and, you know, be on the show. I was like, Ooh, squeeze. Wait, wait. Could you started <laughs> with that, please? <laughs> right. I thought I thought this was like another audition process. Right. right. I mean, it certainly might have been. That's true. That is true. So I was like, holy shit, like, no way. I immediately like I was I was jumping up and down. I was like, this is it, y'all. Like, <laughs> I have made it. Yes. And it wasn't until I got so they fly you out to L.A. Everything paid for. Um, we're in L.A. for two weeks. And my podcast co-host, she was like, you go follow your dreams. When you come back, your job will still be here. Amazing. And I was so grateful. And we had another intern at the time. So they were able to, like, do all the work that I was doing. But it was this crazy, like, two-week-long filming. And this was... I had done stand-up, like, here and there. But this was the first time I had ever challenged myself to just go out on stage. You know, Chrissy Teigen. It was Kenan Thompson. It was, like, big-name celebrities that were the judges. And Jeff Foxworthy. So it was, like, a really... My stomach was in knots the whole time. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I just kept on being like, you can do this. Believe in yourself. Like, you wouldn't have gotten here otherwise. I was like, right. right." It's like the imposter syndrome. Like, you have to believe that, like, somebody believed in you enough to be here. Like, you're not just here on a whim. You're here because you deserve it. 
Exactly. And I just kept repeating that little tiny prayer in my head, like I deserve to be here. And it was the best experience of my life. I met so many amazing comedians from New York, LA, Australia, like it was worldwide. Amazing. Also, and like, there, it like so many connections come out of that. So many connections. I, I'm still talking to people to this day, like I've done shows in New York with these people. I mean, amazing. it was like the biggest life changing thing to ever happen to me in my career was this show. And it was through using straight up effing hashtags on Instagram. So if you want to get noticed, just use whatever skill you have and just put yourself out there because someone will take notice and it will right. somehow benefit like you. hashtag Kourtney Kardashian impression. Literally, I did hashtag impression artist, hashtag voiceover, hashtag voice actress, hashtag impression comedy, like anything you could think of. And literally, I thought I was an idiot because you're like, oh, I'm using like hashtags. Like, right. And then like I'm, people follow you from college and like, what the fuck is she they, doing? Like, yeah. what is this? And then you're on NBC exactly. and they're like, oh, that's what she was doing. Oh, shit. Like she actually made something. Yes, exactly. So that's why I've loved watching how how well you are able to do YouTube and you like integrate it into your life. And I'm just oh, so proud you. of what you're doing, because like really like people will look at us and be like, seriously, like like right. this and it just is something that we're passionate about so it should not stop us thinking about like what other people are thinking when we post stuff but it really something did come out of it and so from that show I got an agent I decided I needed to move to New York because I was getting more opportunities so I now live between you know not in quarantine mode but I was for I think the past six months I have an apartment in Brooklyn and I come back to DC every single week to do the podcast and do any live appearances we have sometimes we have sponsors we have to go and like do a appearance and meet got people it, got it. so then I would go back to New York and do BuzzFeed and any auditions I had for like Wednesday Thursday Friday and then leave Sunday night come back to DC and I've done that for the past six months and believe me I was getting so tired and this Honestly, quarantine is <laughs> a very <laughs> nice time. in disguise. <laughs> For me, like I bless everyone out there, but like I really was like very tired and um, yeah, it was it was a lot. But uh, if you want it enough, like you're going to, s- s- your hard work will pay off. I auditioned for SNL. I auditioned for E! News. Like big, big things have come out of Bring the Funny. And right. so far, you know, I-, I auditioned for SNL on my 25th birthday last year and it was like the best day. I cried when I woke up. I was like... <laughs> My, my dream is so really, amazing. Like I went to Syracuse, but you, you don't, you're like, oh, I don't want to be a broke comedian. So I like was still thinking I need to have like a job in reporting. But right. SNL, of course, was like my ultimate. So by being able to audition for SNL was like the biggest moment, probably. Yeah. Is that like your ultimate goal to be on SNL? It is. But I'm never going to say no to, you know, like an E! News job totally. or a Comedy Central sketch writing job, yes. you know. So but if I do get that, I mean... Yes, that that has been like my uh, dream. Your dream, forever. your dream. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, I just think that now it's really time that we bless them with some of your impressions. <laughs> yes. And okay, yes. I, w- I would love to start with Kourtney Kardashian because it's just a classic, and it's the first impression I ever saw you do. I think <laughs> I think it was you and Bryn, maybe I don't know. You made a video, I think, for one of your new house classes, and you like showed it at Chapter one day or something. Like oh, I really, really don't oh know. Or I like, remember that the video was just like circulating the sorority, and like I watched it, and I was like, wait, this is the best Kourtney Kardashian impression I've. <laughs> ever heard in my life <laughs> oh thank you yes I god I like forget what we did in college like so much of it is like past me it was like Courtney in the library oh like, probably yes okay yes. yeah like random <laughs> shit like that it was amazing okay please like say whatever you want okay D- um please. her and Kim just got into a fight so I'll talk about how Courtney is the winner okay perfect 
I just want to be a mom and I just don't want to be on the show anymore. And I just like had to show Kim who's boss. So I scratched her and I slapped her and she's just a shysty bitch. And she just needed to know like, who's the oldest sister? Amazing. (laughs) Incredible. Like they are going to think that we just played a clip of Kourtney Kardashian, but I promise you it was not. It was an impression. Oh, yes. Like, honestly, it's like one of those, like, it's, yes, like my impression that I'm known for. Do I get tired of doing it a little bit? But is it bringing me more publicity? Yes. So I will literally be doing Kourtney to the day I die. How did you like (laughs) discover that you could do that? I, well, I cannot do any of the other Kardashian sisters. So people are like, okay, do Kim. I'm like, well, you know, I really can just do Courtney. Like, it's just Courtney. <laughs> it's just Courtney. Um, but I've been doing voices for a really long time. And I just kind of picked up characters that I thought I could do. And then I would just like practice them and try to perfect them. So um, things like people that have crazy, like the nanny from literally the, I can't do her like as oh, well as Courtney. Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher, exactly. But things, people that have like, very particular really ways about their voices. Coolidge too. Oh yes, Jennifer Coolidge and her. I started doing because I noticed a lot of impersonators do her, and I thought like, oh, she's like such a classic character to do. Um, yeah. So I can do a little bit of that if you want. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just give them everything. I'll try to do it all. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, this quarantine is wearing out. My Botox is running, and I'm tired as hell. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Guess I'll take another Xanax and hop in the bed. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Okay. Um, now I, th- that was really like all the questions I had about your career. Yes. Yes. But we're we're done is, with that. Serious talk. Yes. But this is just so fun. So I, can you introduce <laughs> us to some of your characters? Oh, for that, sure. That like you made up? Yes. I have usually take them from my life. Um, so Chad, as I said, was all from Syracuse. So like just like a total... Just like you're all around, just like a typical bro. Um, I hit the jewel a lot. Um, I definitely hook up with like, I'd say probably three to four chicks a week, if not five. Um, I've, I've got at least like six side chicks I could just like hit up and they'd be down. Um, I just like, obviously Saturdays are for the boys. Uh, I probably just like drink a Rona right now. Don't even give a fuck that it's like coronavirus. Like. And that's Chad in a nutshell. I love Chad. I think Chad is my absolute favorite. Um, Also, I feel like Chad is from Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Either Massachusetts or Connecticut, for sure. For sure. He's an Eastern. He's an Eastern boy. He, yeah, typical, just Sperry's. Like, he He, loves baseball, I feel, like the Red Sox. Like, he's very into it. He loves baseball. Um, he wears chubbies, shorts. Oh, for sure. Nantucket. Yes, that's Vineyard that's Vines. Oh, loves Vineyard Vines. But like yes. the salmon Vineyard Vines, or like the thing, like the <laughs> like the embroideries, like all over, not yes. just like one embroidery, like the multi embroidery, all over the belts with the embroidery. Yes, yes, with like a lacrosse stick. Oh, ha- ha- definitely played laps <laughs> in high school. Like he was on l- varsity lacrosse. One hundred percent. And then I have another character, which is your typical mom. She is your soccer mom. Her name is Karen. And, you know, it's just, you know, she's got six kids. Uh, Her husband's probably cheating on her. (laughs) She loves Chardonnay. She is a pill popper, but doesn't tell anybody. (laughs) 
And, you know, she just loves her kids and she just, you know, makes cookies and does all the mom stuff that she's supposed to do. But really, she hates her husband and wants to die. (laughs) And that's Karen. Karen is just... Karen is from, I feel like she's giving me Midwest vibes or Connecticut vibes. She could be honestly both. She's just a like crazy woman trapped inside a very like Midwestern, like atypical soccer mom body. And she has to play the part. But she really deep down just wants to like guzzle all the wine and like have crazy sex with her husband. I love, love that. (laughs) I love that for, I love that for her. I love that for her life. And she's just... Yeah, sometimes she comes out, um, but yeah, it's usually Karen is just requested sometimes, not as much as Got Chad. It. Yeah. Got it. So who are your, I know it's probably hard to choose, but like, who are your favorite characters? Like, what's your favorite impression to do? You know, I think it does, it does change. Um, I think I get the best response when I do Courtney to girls, but if mm. a girl is like trying to show her boyfriend, he's always like never impressed. Like, right. They're like, every girl they, talks like that. <laughs> Exactly. Like my Courtney never responds well to men. They just don't know what she sounds like. But I love doing Jennifer Coolidge. I um just like the crazy. What are some of my other crazy characters? Um, I I really do like doing all of them, but in different at different times. Like right. if I'm drinking wine with the girls, I love doing Courtney because she just like automatically comes out, and I just want to like talk like Courtney. But if you know. It really depends on the situation. It's I think my so all-time amazing. favorite is, is Courtney because I know that is, like, my go-to. I know right. that I can, like, spot on. Um, and, like, you know, if you do that with a group of girls, like, you're going to get an amazing reaction. Like, get there's, some reaction. Like, there's no, no doubt at all. Like, even Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge, like, I love Jennifer Coolidge, so I'm like, that's yes. incredible. But, like, some people don't know who she is. Like, you have to be like, oh, it's the stepmom from Cinderella Story. Like, oh, it's Paulette. Exactly. Once you tell them, they're like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, that's incredible. But like, yes. Courtney, like you just do it. And everyone's like, wait, what the fuck? Then they can then they can hear the voice. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, yes, like I love doing all of them, truly. Like sometimes they just really like if I'm in a bad mood, whatever comes out, comes out. And I just like have fun doing it. It's just honestly a fun pastime that turned into hopefully something profitable yeah. in the future. But. Well, I fully <laughs> believe that you will be on SNL one day. And Thank you so much. I... I just like cannot wait till that day happens. <laughs> like when I turn on SNL, I'm like, I fucking know that girl. <laughs> I know it is funny because I've been following Chloe Feynman, who's on yes. SNL now. Yeah, Chloe's for, crazy. For Chloe's crazy on Instagram. Follow her, and I've been following her for so long and looking up to her. And I know she uh, did. Uh, she tried out for SNL like four or five times and finally got on it. And I was like, all right, this is it. Like I'm gonna, it's gonna do happen. it. Right. I so, also feel like you could and her could totally be friends. I would she love lives to be in New her. York. Like, yes, she's. Does I think she does, and like she's. Yes, yes. And she's like close enough to Earth that like you could be yeah. friends with her. <laughs> A lot of people in comedy are honestly like the weirdo schmierdos, and I'm just like. I truly, I really, I can't even. You guys are like way too out there for me. But she seems like down to earth enough. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. her impression of Timothy Chalamet gives me a lot of laughs it's and like so good. It's so it's good. So, so also, good. Also, like coming from someone like I'm fully obsessed with Timothy Chalamet. Like, oh yeah, my photo on Slack for my <laughs> legitimate corporate job work. Yeah. work is of Timothy Chalamet, and like I log on to like meetings, and, like Timothy Chalamet's face pops up. Yes. Um, Do you, are you attracted to him, or are you just like his overall being? 
both. <laughs> like, I am truly attracted to him. I have an issue where, like, I really like skinny, tall boys. Ooh, okay, um, okay. Usually, those relationships don't work out for me. Okay. But I like the I like the idea of them, and but then the I look. also really love like the sad boy vibe. Oh, okay. Also, sad boys never really work out for me because like they're sad, and <laughs> I'm not into that. Like, and I'm not sad, but yes, I right. love like the feeling behind it. Like cheering them up, maybe, or you're like, oh, you're like so cute, and you're sad. I, I want to help it's you. It's just like I think it's like a sensitivity thing. Oh. Like, okay, oh, you're well, so sensitive. <laughs> I and, love like, this. You probably, like, listen to, like, Frank Ocean in your bed at night when and, like, you're maybe alone. cry. Yes, yes. They, yeah. I could definitely see a guy doing that. Thank you so much for this. This was so much fun. <laughs> I am just, your videos just make me so happy and just make me laugh. And, like, Chad forever. Chad forever. That's literally the main purpose of my comedy is just to like keep us, you know, happy during tough times. And that's really all, um, you know, cheers to that. I'm a big drinker. So I've been drinking all quarantine. It's same. (laughs) Avril spritz over here on my side. Avril spritz. I got some cab salve over here. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I will be shouting you guys out. And if you ever want to follow my impressions, it's at Andrea Lopez comedy. Um, I have a YouTube, but I need to do more on it. And it's TikTok and Instagram is oh, the yeah, two you, main one things. One of your TikTok videos is doing like super well. Another another thing that I thought would be just like a fart in the wind, it actually ended up being something, and I, yeah. I could not believe it. But fart yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, just put this out here and see Whatever. what happens. And it got really like it got some publicity, some notice, and I was like, okay, this is great, you know. Yeah. But of course, it's like it's it's. It's the hamster wheel. It's like you do one thing, but you're on the wheel. You're still got to like right. do more, churn it out. Right. So that's what I'm doing all right. quarantine is just like getting more content Amazing. out. But Okay. But yeah. Yes. So guys, Love if you, you have any questions for Andrea, feel free to message her, follow her, follow her podcast, follow her impression videos, all this stuff, follow her on TikTok. Um, I'll have everything linked in the guest card on my bitch work podcast, Instagram, which also follow that and follow me at Jordan Rebecca. And I will talk to you guys next week. That's it for today's episode.